Hey everybody, Nitsan Mosri here, the Traveling Investor, back with another Traveling Investor Live Q&A show. And let's not forget to say hi to Master Yoda. Uh, today, this week, we've got an awesome guest. First of all, I want to thank uh, some of our sponsors, Cornerstone Investment Partners. If you're ever looking for a good investment vehicle and a good sponsorship, Cornerstone, they work with multifamily real estate and they invest and they do fantastic work. Jade PMC is a great property management company for all your management needs anywhere around the country. And Commercial Realty Partners is your one-stop shop, commercial real, real estate brokerage firm if you're looking to buy or sell your real estate assets. Uh, and I'm Nitsan Mosri, the host of the Traveling Investor Show. And I want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, I'm looking out the window and it's a beautiful day today with uh, blue skies and, and white puffy clouds, which is always beautiful. So, you know, the tagline of my show is, you know, learn how to master your mind, body and wallet. And what does that mean? Right. Uh, a lot of times we are, you know, we're born into a family, siblings, parents, friends, aunts, uncles, and we kind of go through life just dealing with everything that we've got going on, dealing with whatever there is, and and never looking up and trying to make changes for ourselves and, and for our future. And, and I call that living by default, right? We live by default. Uh, just, you know, we, we're, we're taking everything that we have and we're saying, well, you know what, that's the hand I was dealt with. This is what I'm going to do. And whoa, whoa, whoa is me. Um, and we play the victim role, right? Even in a subconscious mind, uh, sometimes we're taking that and we play the victim role. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, it happens to me. I'm never going to be rich. I'm never going to be successful. You know, I had everything and I lost it. Uh, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm just going to stay where I am. And a lot of times. Most times than others, we kind of let that self-talk, that that uh, negative talk. Hinder us from doing what we're doing. Or, or, or hinder us or keep us from living our best lives. Now, there are people out there that have broken free, that have broken through all of that negativity, that mindset, that the failure that they've had, and they've gone through life and they came out on the other end, um, you know, like a deadly samurai sword, sharp and shiny and, and full of power that they go on to not only help themselves, but they go out and they become a force for good in their community. And today's guest um, is Josh Copeland. Josh is a powerful motivational speaker uh, whose message is going to have you energized and ready to tackle any challenges that life throws at you. Okay. He has his customized speeches are very interactive and will keep you engaged the entire time. Uh, he's got a great way of a unique way of connecting with people of all ages and all walks of life. And I'll tell you why. Because his success story is one of failure and perseverance. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you cry. It's going to make you look inside yourself and ask, you know, well, you know, I can do this, right? Why, why not me? Uh, you know, you'll ask yourself and you'll strive to be the best person you can be. He's gone from being a division one athlete. And he's going to talk more about that to someone who battled depression and alcoholism. He went from having, check this out, 33 cents in the bank, okay, jobless, to running a massively successful business. And today, he's going to share his story, experiences, and, and ways that he was able to transform his life to inspire and encourage you, the listener. I mean, he's he's been recognized by NBC, ABC, Fox Trio, Fox Four, Weekly Rebound. I mean, just to name a few. This guy has been around the block a couple of times. You know, you always want to find someone who has what you have, who has what you want. And then you all you got to do is do what they did. And you get what they got or find someone who's been where you were or where you think you are and has climbed out. And I highly recommend that you guys turn off all of your all of your distractions and listen in because Josh is going to lay it on us nice and and I'm excited. I'm I got my I got my pad right here. I'm ready to take notes. But without further ado, I want to introduce Josh Co Josh Copeland. Hey Josh, how are you? Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. 
Ah, yeah. Thanks for being on the show. And I love all of uh, the sports paraphernalia that you got going on behind you right there. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. This is this is my uh, little home office. My wife allowed me to have, you know, a little room in the house. So uh, this is where I keep everything. It makes for a decent backdrop when I do some when I want, you know, on calls and stuff. That's fantastic. That's great. So so, Josh, you know, your your bio, your brief story, right? Uh, you were a Division One athlete. You were battling depression, mm -hmm. alcoholism. You went broke, right? Um, yeah, you, you were jobless. You had nothing, and then you built your way out of that. You 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 took hold of yourself. You found a way to get out, and now you're sharing your story. So do me a favor and do my you know my travelers out there that are listening to you. And and by the way, travelers, you know if you're out there and you're listening to us, drop us a little comment. Say hi. Tell us where you're from. Say hi to Josh. And remember. You can ask myself or Josh any questions during the show. We'll put up the question and we'll answer it live on the show. But Josh, you know, why don't you paint the picture for us, right? Tell us who Josh was, what happened, how you climbed out of it, and what's in store for you in the future. Yeah. Um, so so I grew up in a, in a, a smallish town called Fairborn, Ohio. It's right outside of Dayton. And um Grew up, had grew up with four brothers, and uh, my parents took in two of my cousins, and one of my cousins had a baby. So it was a lot of us in the house, um, and so I'm second to youngest of the boys. And naturally, our, our family, we have a big family. When you're one of the youngest ones, you kind of just get told what to do, right? You know what I mean? You just, you get, and that's fine because I'm I the didn't youngest. know. I get it. I'm the youngest. I get it. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, um, but rightfully so, because they know better than you. They're looking out for you. They are, um, they are, you know, have your best interest at heart. And then uh, sports was a natural way for us to get out the house and, and you know, keep busy and, and not get in trouble. Um, so playing with my older brothers, I became pretty good at sports pretty quickly. Um, but I never really had time because of, like I said, growing up, being one of the youngest and then being in sports, you're always told what to do, where to be, you know, what to do. So I never really had time to really figure out who I was as a person outside of that. And mm -hmm. so I was very fortunate and blessed to receive a full Division One scholarship to play football at the University at Buffalo. And that furthered, um, you know, that whole thing, because once you're you're playing at a, at a college level, your whole day is structured from when you wake up to when you sleep at least 300 days out the year. You have a small window um, to, to do what you want to do. Um, so I really I going to the NFL was one of my you know, that was my main goal. Um, and I was somebody as a kid, I never wanted to disappoint anybody. I was like a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I was one of the most popular kids in my high school. So I had like a lot of things that I did not want to disappoint somebody. And so naturally, because of that, I, I always wanted to do something for other people's approval. I always wanted to do something to, to make other people proud of me. Um, and when I got to college, it kind of was even on a bigger scale because now I have my back home community who's watching me, but then I also have the community at Buffalo, which I'm involved in. I'm going to high schools, I'm speaking. And so you have a lot of these people that you don't want to disappoint. And so when I had graduated and I was, the NFL did not come calling, which I understood the odds, right? I understand the professional athletes is like the 1% of the 1%, right? So I understood all that, but I was not prepared to deal with myself mentally when that was done. Uh, and what I mean by that is, like I said, I had no idea who I was or what I even liked to do outside of sports because I never really had time to explore that or never really been asked. Right. You know, like I've never really been asked. So when I and one of the biggest misconceptions that I think that are out there, and this deals with like graduating from college, because one of the best things I did was get my college degree. Um, but one of the things that they told me was that, you know, you'll get, you get a degree, you'll get a job right away. And so when that didn't happen, um, I was, I was kind of in a rut, really. I started falling into, into a deep depression because now I'm not playing the sport that I love and that I'm known for and that I know myself for. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't get a job. So for once in my life, I'm not wanted. Right. You know, like I said, I was homecoming king. I knew everybody in my high school. I got a division one scholarship. So I was wanted my whole life. And then all of a sudden at the peak of my athleticism, 
I'm not wanted for the sport. Um, at the peak of what I think, you know, my knowledge, just graduated college, you know, you're supposed to go out there. I did everything everybody was told me was I was supposed to do. And now I'm not getting a job. And so I took that hard. I did not know how to deal with myself when all I had was myself. You know what I mean? Like, like internally. Sure. Um, and so I fell into a deep depression uh, and I never was a drinker. I was always the designated driver. I never was, you know, one. I wanted to be so straight and narrow that like, I didn't want an excuse why I didn't make the NFL. I didn't want to give me an excuse, right? I didn't want to mm-hmm. say, well, I was partying all week in college and all that. So when I got done, um, I did not know who I was. So <laughs> I was looking in the mirror and I had no idea who that guy I was looking at was. So the only way to cope with that was to not be myself, right? And to drink. And when I started drinking, it was a gradual process. It wasn't something that just happened overnight. You know, it was like, you know, I'll take a drink here take a drink there. And then the couple of days when I was really drunk, everything, I forgot everything. Everything just didn't seem as important. And I, and I got addicted to that feeling. It wasn't the feeling of alcohol. It was the feeling of escaping my reality. And so I really battled that. Um, And then on top of that, you know, with drink, I started gaining weight and now I'm back in my hometown. So now my insecurities are up because everybody's seeing me and they're like, what's going on with Josh? You know what I mean? So, uh, and then your anxiety, because then you start playing in your mind what you think people are thinking and you're trying to, you know, do all that. So it really, it really uh, threw me for a loop. Um, And there was three things that happened that kind of took me out of that, right? That kind of woke me up because a lot of, for the longest time I was in denial. Mm -hmm. I was not, I was in self-denial. I was like, no, I'm not, the situation is not as bad as it is. I am not, in this situation, I'm I'm me, right? Like I don't drink, I don't do this, so it's easy to deny it. And drinking is one of those things that I was could easily hide it from my family. I could easily hide it from people because I just I wouldn't drink when I saw them. So <laughs> I would be drinking all day, but I wouldn't drink when I saw them. Um, so there's three things. The first thing I, I became a bus boy at a restaurant in my hometown, a bus boy than a server. And like I said, it's my hometown, so I know 90% of the people coming in, I know. Uh, and so there was this one kid and he was in high school, but he was in like elementary and middle school when I was in high school. And so he used to watch the games and he came up to me and I was, you know, in the eye, in the alley. Um, and he's like, you know, didn't you used to be Josh Copeland? And so it hit me for two reasons. One, I was kind of mad, but I was like, I'm still kind of him. But the second one, it hit me because I, I knew what he was saying. It was like, you're, I, I'm visibly now a shell of who he thought I was or who he thought I should be. And there's nothing more humbling than when somebody's talking about you in the past tense and you're right there in the present. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of was uh, a, a little wake up call. But I was still in denial. I was like, oh, this kid don't know what he's talking about. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not that, you know, that far off. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing, a couple months later, I got a DUI coming home from a bar about a mile from my house. And oh, like wow. I said, I knew all the the local cops so i'm like if it's a local cop i'm good it happened to be a state trooper <laughs> um, and as i'm doing like the test and everything uh the guy who comes from backup was my high school classmate so now he comes for backup and i remember looking at him and i see the it wasn't disgust it was more like disappointment right on his face and it was like wow like you're this is what you're doing now you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> like this is what you're you're up to um and so I remember he reached out to me afterwards and I was like, you know what? Still not that good. It was just one time thing. Like y'all just, I was almost home. Like, so I was playing it off. And then the last thing that, that really, that really kind of, I knew I had to change when it really like resonated and hit me. Um, at a certain point, alcohol wasn't doing it and getting me where I needed to go. So then I started smoking and, and some other stuff. So I was at my friend's house and, uh, we had went out. I was, drunk high like all this other, and we were watching the matrix and it's like three in the morning i'm laying on the couch and i don't know if you've seen the matrix but they had like mm-hmm. this this metal octopus looking thing that was like attacking like the motherships uh-huh. right and so i swore on everything i love that they were coming through the tv to get me so i hop up out the out the couch and i'm it's january in ohio so it's cold uh-huh. It's and cool. I'm running full blown down the street in a full blown sweat panic attack. Oh wow! Like, and so I'm running down the street, 
And this kind of helped, this kind of transitions really nicely into like my story and how I like recovered is I remember running down the street and I was going through my mind on who can I call, right? I was like, I can't call my mom and dad, not because they wouldn't be there. I just didn't want to scare them, right? You know, get a call at three in the morning mm-hmm. that your son's panic attacking, police are there. Like, I didn't want that to happen. Same with my brothers. I, but it wasn't more so I didn't want to confirm what I already knew. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't want to, to confirm it. I was like, can't call the police because they're local police. So now it gets out that a, a former star is now, you right. know, in the a downward spiral. So, and I remember calling that. So I finally called somebody from that I knew from Buffalo and they kind of talked me, you know, home. And I woke up and I remember thinking, I was like, at, at my lowest point, there's nobody I felt like I comfortable to call. After being a people pleaser, after being somebody who never wanted to disappoint at my lowest, and it wasn't their, any of their faults, right? It was mm-hmm. just, I did not feel comfortable having that conversation. And I was like, why, why, right? Like I was always, my friend get drunk. They call me no matter what time of day I go pick them up and I take them home. So it dawned on me how important it is for at certain moments in your life for you to be selfish so you can be selfless later. Right. Like like that's what it dawned on me. I was like, you know what? I need to be selfish. I need to take control of my life. I need to get these things done. I need to have an honest conversation with myself mm-hmm. about where I am, what I want to do, because I can't change the past. I can't go back. Right. So what do I want to do? And then how can I get there? And in the end, with doing these things, I will naturally be able to help way more people by doing these things and getting myself you know, on the right path. So. That's kind of my story, like in a nutshell. That's kind of how it kind of transitioned. Everything happens for a reason. Because when I was a bus boy, I met my wife, and my wife at the restaurant, she was a server, uh, and my wife was a pivotal part into kind of helping me out because she didn't know me from high school. Mm-hmm. She she went to college down there, so she didn't know me. So I didn't have any preconceived notions. I didn't have any expectations to live up to. I didn't have this. I used to be this guy because. She didn't care. And a lot. And honestly, she was like when they would talk about things I did, like athletically, she's like this guy, like like him. He, and, you know, so it kind of it, it freed me up a little bit because I could truly like figure out who I wanted to be without the expectations of who I used to be. And like, you know, holding that over my head. Um, so, so it really helped out. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. You know, it's, 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 it's so important to hear your story because there's so many people out there. And I, I, it's funny because before this, I was a guest on a podcast and I was talking just about the same thing that you were talking about is that we're born into a family. We're born into a situation. Everybody's telling us what to do. Society's telling us how to live. Our school systems are telling us what to do. We have our own thoughts, which they're really not our thoughts, right? They're implanted by other people. Our families are telling us what to do. Our friends are telling us what to do. And we're going through our lives. What I like to say is living by default, Mm -hmm. right? The default factory setting. Well, (laughs) you're breathing, you're born, you got it. Okay, now go out. These are your default settings. You know, and 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 when we live that way, and just you know, your proof of that, your your soul inside kind of gets lost because you're not you. You're, you're not mm-hmm. to yourself, and and even before not being true to yourself, you don't know who the self is because exactly. you're not listening to yourself. You're listening to outside forces saying. You know, and and they may not be telling it to you directly, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, you know what? If you know, I'm I'm born in a certain city, community, location, you know, uh, e- econ, you know, economics, whatever it is, and and so for me to get out of this, this is what I have to do. This is my only road right. out, right? And and some people go to crime, right? Some mm-hmm. people go to sports. Some people go to drugs. Some people go into business and that's all they do is they're entrepreneurs and they're a hundred hours a week in their business. They forget about their relationships, their families, themselves, right? And it's so important to be able to connect with yourself first and foremost to learn who you are and what you like and, and the person that you want to be, you know, and then you can go out and do whatever it is you want. 
right? And But there's so many kids out there, so many kids out there that think that, oh, I have to do this, you know, my, you know, I have to please my parents or I have to do this so that I can please my parents. But yet the hole inside themselves is growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they end up, you know, alcohol and drugs and whatnot. And, you know, my story was similar is when my father passed away when I was 25, I didn't know what life was about. I thought it was all about money chasing the dollar and whatnot. And then my my mentor, my idol passes away when I was a young age. I didn't know what to do. I started drinking and partying like crazy because everybody told me, go after the money. It's all about the mm -hmm. money, 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 money. But they never, you know, they never said how much money was enough. <laughs> right. Right. They never said, mm. once you reach this amount, you're done, you're good, now go live your life. It was just, you know, mm. you need money. How much money? I don't know, but you need a lot of money, so go chase yeah. after that. I stopped chasing after that, and I didn't know who I was. Mm. I didn't know what I wanted in life. I didn't know what was going on. So, I, I, you know, so many people need to hear your story, Josh, and need to understand that it doesn't matter what society and what everybody out there is telling you what to do. you got to find yourself. Right. So, so tell us, right. So you're at that low point, you're on the couch, matrix is coming at you from the screen. <laughs> yes. right? You're running on the street. You got this panic, a panic attack going on and you started it. Now, how did you transform yourself? Right. So there, there was a moment of clarity, right. Which mm -hmm. a lot of alcoholics talk about. And a lot of people, there's that moment of clarity, that moment of, you see things really the way it is and, and, and you're honest with yourself for the first time in years, right? What did uh -huh. you do afterwards? After you realized what was going on inside of you, what was going on outside of you, how did you make that change? What was the process? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think there, there is a moment of a brief moment, whether you realize it or not, that you're you're thinking clearly. Right. And you're thinking about, OK, and it's almost one of an embarrassment, really, that kind of brings you there's there's like an embarrassing moment that happens where you like, oh, wow, that was that's embarrassing. And it could get well, it could have been a lot worse or it could you know what I mean? So you right. have to you, there's a turning point um, for me. It, it was a couple of things. Um, I'm one that I'm being at an athletes and, and being I mean, being athletic and being an athlete, you're always hardest on yourself. And I mean, a lot of people are like that, right? Like, like nobody can put more pressure on me than I already put on myself. Nobody expects more of me than I do. Um, but when that comes, it's, it's this idea of being confident, even when you're not, mm -hmm. that you have to portray. Mm -hmm. um, and so that translates to a lot of times for me, it was lying to myself because I wanted to be live a certain way. So it was a moment when I had to truly be honest and, and look into myself and say, OK, where are you at right now in life? I don't care what you did. I don't care where you've been. This is this is the reality of where you are. And is this where you want to be or is this where you want to stay? Right. And so once I decided no. Then it was, okay, what are steps to get you where you need to go? Okay, what do you want to do? So it was like, once I decided this wasn't what I wanted to do, now I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. And that took some figuring out. You know, you try to bounce around, but that's fine. At least you're, you're, you're working towards it. And then it's, okay, what steps can you do? Um, so it was like my family, um, we're really close to my family. So having them around and, and conversating and, and once they finally heard my story, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulder um, because it was like now I, was like, I don't have to hide. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to hide what was going on. And, and they understood. And, and my biggest fear with them was like in disappointing them. And then once I had a conversation with my parents and, you know, they're like, you know, you, you would never disappoint us because you're our kid. And so, like, to me, that was in a way like I knew it. But hearing them say it, I was like, oh, cool. And my brothers, they we all the same. So I was like, you know, we we all the same. So it was like, you know, you're not going to disappoint me no matter what you do. I'm your brother. I got your back. Um, and then my wife, when we were dating, it was she saw something in me at a time when I didn't see it in myself. Mm. So a lot of the time early on when I was like on this path, it was to prove her right. You know, it, so it was to prove her right that, okay, you saw something when I didn't even see it in myself. Everybody else saw me for who I used to be. And now they see me at this transitional phase. Um, so let me prove you right. And so by trying to prove her right, that kind of helped me be okay. 
well, now what do I want to do? Okay, this, and then I got a job working part-time at a community college, then went full-time and then transitioned to this. So uh, it's a moment of being honest with yourself about where you are, who you are, where do you want to be, where do you want to go, and outlining a plan to get there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, being uh, being honest with yourself is uh, is incredibly important. And, uh-huh. you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm honest with myself. I'm honest with myself. But they take nah. about 10 <laughs> seconds to look inside. And, yeah. and all they see is that that little first layer. And they say, yeah, I'm honest with myself, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of digging deep that you got to go down deep into to really understand yourself. And, and what I think that you, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing from you also is that you forgave yourself. Yes. Right? Yes, you, you have to. There, there has to be a moment of of forgiveness. And, and it's, I mean, it's just like any relationship, anything, it, you're not really forgiving them for them. You're forgiving them for yourself, mm-hmm. right? So you can kind of set yourself free because if you don't forgive yourself and don't allow yourself to grow and to be like, okay, well that happened. I can't change it. All I can do is change what's the, the path in front of me. That is huge because a lot of times it, it's embarrassment. And then now the embarrassment that I had for myself because I allowed myself to get to this point was so much that I c- could not think I could forgive myself for being there. Right. And so you hit it right on the head. Once you kind of accept where you are and then you forgive yourself and then that will allow you to not keep coming back to that place because it's almost like forgiveness is like closing a door so to say, on what used to happen, right? It's like, okay, I forgave me for whatever I did. From this point on, I can do this. And it may not completely outweigh or overturn what I did, but I will feel better about myself, sleep better at night, know that I'm going down the right path. And eventually those things, I'll be able to use my past experiences to help other people and to kind of guide myself going forward. That's beautiful. Yeah. Forgiveness, man. Forgiveness is, is, is like you said, it's more for yourself. It's more for Mm -hmm. your soul than for anybody else, you know? And, 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 you know, just like you said, you know, I get into arguments with my kids and with my, with my wife and with, with friends and whatnot. And, you know, one time I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I forgive not because, you know, for any reason, but I forgive for myself so that I can put it behind me so that I can have closure and that I can be present here and now, Uh right? If you're still carrying that baggage on your shoulder, man, it's, it's hard to move forward. It's hard to, you know, sprint, you know, a hundred (laughs) yards when you, when you're carrying all that weight on your shoulders. And we know that life is about sprinting and, and marathons and just, you know, keep going. Right. So you gotta, Mm -hmm. you gotta have, you got to be lightweight. Yeah, you you have you have to get that baggage off of you because uh, you're right. It, it is so key about being present. And that's one thing I'm really big on now is being in the present um, mm-hmm. and, and allowing myself to enjoy moments because moments, certain moments, they don't come often. Right. They only come every once in a while. And if you're continuously thinking about what you did, how you got there, you know, in uh, that baggage, you're you're missing out on what's in front of you. And then it, it compiles. And then the next thing that happens, you're mad at yourself for missing out on the last thing. So then you have that baggage and, you, and then it just never stops because you're That's never right. real. You're always either you're either a day late because you're thinking about or you're you're a day forward. Right. You're thinking about what you got to do tomorrow. You're thinking about yesterday. You're never really thinking about today. Uh, and so that that is so key. You have to forgive yourself and you have to be. It allows you to be present and enjoy what's going on. That's fantastic, man. Tell us about your your speaking engagements. You know, what what do you talk about? Who do you talk to? What are mm-hmm. your groups? Yeah, so I, I, I started out, uh, I've been speaking for a while. I was in high school, I'd always speak to like the younger, you know, kids camps and college, the same thing. And I would always go back to my high school and speak. So I would do smaller things like that. So when I was really thinking about, okay, what can I do in life? I I always knew I wanted to do something in speaking. And then having an experience to kind of share and kind of help people, it was just a natural flow. So now I work with um, teams, athletic teams, sports teams, um, 
any type of schooling program, whether it's pre-college or higher ed, you know, college students, um, professional development for adults and, and um, you know, professionals that are trying to figure out. And uh, one thing I really talk about, the main thing is figuring out your purpose and allowing yourself to live in your purpose. Mm. And I think that that is so key for everybody um, because, and, and I go through, like, I call it the cope method. It's like four steps. And it's a play off my last name, um, but it's 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 in, in my business is called learning to cope. So it kind of all flows. Um, but I talk about these four steps. The first one is like your C is for core values, right? You have to identify your core values. Um, and why this is so important is because your core values they're just guiding principles that influence your decisions. Right. So and whether it's a high school kid who never established them, we try to establish them. Adults, sometimes you get so far away from your core values that you have no idea what they are anymore. So reestablishing those. So your core values and, and, and when you're kind of in a tough situation, I always fall back. on, OK, what are my core values? Does this decision align up with that? If it does, great. If not, I can say no to it because it does. Now I'm not being myself. Right. If I stretch mm-hmm. my core values. The O is for owning who you are. I think it's so important for once you kind of do that to have that honest conversation. And like we said, own who you are, right? Don't be apologetic. Don't be, you know, um, nervous about it. Don't feel like just own it, right? As long as you're not hurting somebody, you're, you're whatever you're doing is not putting somebody in danger. You're not breaking. Own who you are and allow yourself that freedom to forgive yourself. Allow yourself that freedom to grow. So that's owning who you are. Uh, the P, and this is two-sided, because this is what I go through and we go through like a lot of different, um, and we go through like different steps on how you do that. But the P is like putting yourself first or practicing self-care. Because I, I, be, I truly, I'm a big advocate for mental health. I truly believe that, you know, you have to take care of yourself first. And I use these two analogies, right? I, you know, I use, if you're flying on a plane, you know, you're all flew on a plane and the uh, flight attendant goes through the safety briefing. And there's a point when they say, okay, if it's a loss of oxygen, loss of pressure, the oxygen mask will come on. You have to put it on yourself first before you help other people. Even if it's a kid, even if it's your own kid besides you, Put it on yourself because what happens is we try to help so many people that we slowly start to suffocate and there's always going to be somebody else who needs help and by securing yourself first you will allow you to help other people in a bigger way and so um you know so i use that and then the other one i use is harriet tubman harriet tubman is one of my favorite people ever because of the courage the strength she showed but what people fail to realize about her story is that Who's the first person she had to save before she could go back and save everybody else? She had to save herself first, right? So Mm -hmm. that right there allows me to understand that you have to save yourself in a moment. You have to be selfish, right? To be selfless. Harriet Tubman is known as one of the heroes of, you know, um, our world, our lifetime. So, you know, so to truly understand that you have to put yourself first is is truly, I really get into that and we get into a lot of things. And then the last thing is once you do those things, now you're evolving into your authentic self. And I say evolving because it's forever changing, right? Once your priorities change, before I was a father and a husband, I I didn't have to be that, right? So that wasn't part of my authentic self. But now that I am, it's part of my authentic self and allowing people to understand that it's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel depressed. It's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to all these things, but what's not okay is not addressing them. So we kind of go through, okay, we outline what is, what's holding you back? What are you scared of? What's your version of success? What's your version of happiness? Because it's all different for everybody. And then we break that down and then we get into, okay, what, who's your authentic self? And then, so we kind of go through all that. And then for, obviously for high school kids, it's a little bit less um, because, you know, they don't have the life experience that some adults may have, even though, right. you know, high school kids go through things, but it's just a different state of mind. Right. So we kind of cater to different things to that. So that's really what I talk about is owning who you are, being your authentic self um, and, and finding your purpose and finding your why. And once you do that, it, I truly believe that you become a better person and everybody around you becomes better people by by looking at you and seeing what you're doing in your life. 
Absolutely, man. That's fantastic. I love that. And and you know, I I I I resonate with everything that you say because I, I'm 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 right there with you. I'm right there with you. This is kind of what I teach my kids. This is what I teach my coaching clients when they want to come and they want to learn about, you know, entrepreneurship and how to become wealthy and and all that. And you know, the money is 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 the result of you being successful, right? Or, or uh -huh. success is the is the result, right? That you your money is 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 just you know the nice thing that comes after it. But you got to yes. really work on yourself first uh -huh. so that you can go out there and do that. And I love that your core values. Owning who you are, that owning who you are, you know, that's kind of like what we talked about in the beginning. That is so crucial, right? First, you got to know who you are, and then you got to own up to it. You got to own it. You you don't be apolog don't be apologetic for who you are. And I think that that's mm -hmm. the, that's one of the things I think that we get so into not wanting to disappoint people that we start apologizing for things that we shouldn't apologize for because it's an easy way. It's an easy like cop out, really. It's an easy mm -hmm. way, but the whole time you're, you're you're not being true to yourself. And before you know it, you keep copping out, you keep expanding your core values, you keep expanding your boundaries, then you have none. And then there's mm -hmm. no, and then people are accustomed to you doing that. So when right. you try to reel it in, that's why it's all people change. And and I'll make a comment about when you talk about money, money, like because I've been broke, I've had some decent money, I have, you know, so I I, I have it all. But money doesn't change who you are. Money enhances who you are. Amen. Right. So money enhances who you are. So if you're a jerk broke, you're going to be a bigger jerk when you got money. <laughs> right. right. If, right. If, if you if you are a giver broke, you're going to be a giver when you have money. So so to have and a lot of people tie success, they equate success with money, happiness with money. And when you do that, you're not allowing you're, you're hindering yourself because, like you said, there's no amount of money that's going to be enough. Billionaires want to make more money. You know, millionaires want to be a billionaire. The average person wants to be a billionaire. There's never enough money because you always try to buy some other stuff to make you happy. But if you are truly happy to your core, the money is a result of the happiness, not the other way around. That's right. So that's, that's right. I, I truly believe that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 it's funny you say that because I always tell people the same thing. I say money will make you more of what you already are. If you're an ass, you'll just be a bigger ass. You'll be a bigger one. <laughs> yes. If you're a it nice really person, does. if you're if you're a giving philanthropic person, and you've used to give, you know, ten cents out of every dollar that you have, and now you've got millions, well, you're gonna just you're gonna do the same thing. You're gonna keep giving. Yeah. It just mm -hmm. makes you who you are. And and you know, talking about money, you know, um, I equate it to cow manure. Right? When you got a pile of cow manure just sitting in one place, what happens? Man, that thing stinks. That's true. Yeah. But when you spread it around, right, and things suddenly start to grow with it, right? And and I, I and, like and, that. And, and that's the same thing with us, right? When we're just stagnant, when we're just sitting in our self-loathing and our not understanding of who we are, and you know, and, and we pile all that on and we don't forgive ourselves and we don't own who we are, and you know, we start to stink like a like a pile of cow manure. But when we start so spreading it out, when we start understanding who we are and we start giving back and we start learning. And like you said, when we truly are happy, that's when things start to grow. That's when things start to happen, because you don't need a fancy car to be happy. That's right. True. You don't that's need. So I mean, yeah, great. You know, it's great. Wow. You know what? If I had a if I had a 10,000 square foot home. Yeah, it would be awesome rather than living in right. a 500 square foot home. Yeah but I will still be the same ass as I was in the 500 and I'm in a 10,000 square foot home. Yes. Right? You, yes, exactly. I, I remember when I, when I, when I left New York city and I went traveling, I traveled the world for about six, seven years. Um, I thought that my life would change. I thought, Oh, you know what? I'm leaving New York. I'm leaving all my problems behind. It's going to be great. Blah, 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 blah. But what I didn't realize was that, you know, every time I turned around my problems, my negative self-talk, my, mm -hmm. my bad attitude, all was just coming with me. I say, dude, mm -hmm. leave me alone. I'm, I'm I'm going to another country. I'm going halfway around the world. Why isn't why aren't things changing? Because right. I was still the same crappy person up here and in here than I was when I left. I said, all right, if if I got to make changes, it's got to come from me. Nobody else. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. And that's what you were talking about, owning it, right? Owning who you are, understanding your core, your core values. 
that is going to guide you to find out what you're truly passionate about. Mm-hmm. And then you can go out and make a change in the world. A hundred percent. I love that. I think I think that's one thing that people don't understand is that if no matter where you go, your problems, they're going to follow you because a lot of times you're the problem. Right. A lot of times, a lot of the problems that you have now, granted, now there's a lot of things you can't control, but you can control how you react to them. And a lot of problems happen because you don't react the right way. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't react in a way of clarity. You don't you just react in in just off of the the whim. You don't really think about the the things that happen and it compiles. So now if you move to when I went to Buffalo, I I had problems from Ohio. Then I had problems from Buffalo. So now I got two levels. Right. And then you keep moving. You keep running away except for addressing them. And I think that that's so key. You have to address them. You have to truly understand. you know what I'm saying? Like who you are and, and what you want to do in life and never, never, never be ashamed of who you are, like who you truly are. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think that once you do that, then you will automatically fall into your purpose. And I, I'm really big on purpose. I'm really big on finding why you're here. And sometimes you have to go through things so it puts you in the right direction. But I'm really big on finding why you're here. How can you help other people? Um, and, and yeah, having out, outlining your own success, uh, is huge because it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was watching, um, uh, a short video on social media and, and the person on the video was saying, when you have a company that fails, who do you look at? You look at the CEO. When you have a company that succeeds, who do you look at? You look at the CEO. Well, you know, you have your life. When your life fails, who do you look at? Well, you can't point the finger at anybody else except you. You're the CEO of your life. When you succeed, who are you going to point the finger at? You, because you're the CEO. So start thinking like that. Start thinking as if you're the CEO of your life and start making decisions like a CEO running a multi-billion dollar conglomerate to become Uh successful. Because most most people will never make decisions for themselves. They'll never sit down and, like you said, figure out their passion, figure out their why, figure out the, the systems that they need to put down to move forward to success. But yet they're so quick to point the finger at somebody else and say, it's your fault. It's the government's fault. It's my employer's right. fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my uncle's fault. You know, someone always told me, once somebody said, when you're pointing your finger like that, there's one ping, there's one finger pointing that way, but then there's three fingers pointing back at you. Pointing back, exactly. Right? Exactly. So watch who you're pointing your finger to. And you know, when you when you have big enough shoulders to take the responsibility for your success and failure, you start walking through life a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you said, you know, you're not reacting in a certain way, but you're acting. Um to certain situations, right? Because a lot of times when we react, it's a knee-jerk reaction. We say things, we do things, and then we calm down and we're like, shit, why did I do that? I should have said that. You get that, damn, why did I I get that back, right? And and, and one thing that I learned with traveling that that I've taken into my life and and whatnot is is breathing, is meditation, is, is being able to not react, but act. So when something happens, Take a step back, take a deep breath, wait out 30 seconds, and then start talking, saying, or doing. Now, obviously, I'm still a human being. I'm not Buddha. I'm not an, you know, I'm not an enlightened person. I'm trying to. Did we lose you? Did we lose the connection? Wendy? Are we there? I think we lost. Can can anybody hear me? Is anyone? there hello 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 is anyone there can you guys hear me i think we lost connection oh we lost josh okay well we'll go hopefully he'll be back on up oh, there he is he's coming on sorry can you guys did I lose you? <laughs> there we go all right you're back you're I'll back <laughs> no worries no worries so um so it's all about taking responsibility for yourself and saying you know what the successes are my fault. The failures are my fault. Mm-hmm. It's all me. I own it. 
Nobody could ever take that away from you. And that is a power. That is a power when you have that, that you can walk through this world, through this life. And it's like, you've got this aura about you going, you can't mess with me because good or bad, I own it. You own it. And that, that's so true. Um, because a lot of times, like I always say, like when, when you're walking in your purpose, you, you, you're able to deal with whatever life throws at you because life's going to happen, right? Life's mm-hmm. going to throw things at you, things that you can't control is going to happen. But when you're walking in your purpose, you allow yourself time to keep the end goal in mind, right? And so a lot of times when I work with people, I talk about, you know, your your passion and if if the if you don't achieve your goal, you change the plan, not the goal, Amen. right? And so I talk about that, like, oh, once you're walking in your purpose, you have your passion, you see what you want to do. Now it's just trying to navigate how you get there, right? And how you how you get there. So yeah, if you if you come into a head in it, which it will happen, but a lot of times people start pointing fingers when they come into the head, right? If they're not achieving their goal, they start, oh, everybody else's problem. Everybody else is no, look at yourself, mm-hmm. own who you are, mm-hmm. own why you're why you're in a position. And then just change the the plan. Don't change the goal. Um, and so, and and I think that that is so so important for people to really understand um, is that once you kind of walk in your purpose, and and another key to success for me um, is that you will never like obviously people talk about hard work, right? And, and you, you can work hard, but what people fail to realize is success is a moment. Success happens in a moment. The process is what you need to fall in love with. You need to fall in love with the process of success, right? When actors, when they get Oscars and people get Grammys, that moment of success, they start to cry, but that's because they remembered the whole process of what it took to get there. So if you fall in love with the process, the Mm -hmm. success is a byproduct of the process. Amen. And it's the same with money. If you fall in love with working, doing the small things every day, the money will come. But when the money is not coming, when you're hitting a road and you've, you've been working at this thing for seven months and you haven't broke through, keeping your goal in mind will allow you to push through and you don't have to blame everybody. Absolutely. It's like Thomas Edison, right? They say he tried 10,000 ways to make a light bulb. Yes. <laughs> All right. His goal was the light bulb. But right. He figured out 10 different 10,000 different ways that didn't work. That didn't work. So now he knows, right? And then and then now you get that that 10,001 that works. And look how he changed the world. That's right? right? Like like he changed the whole scheme scheme of history by being persistent. And mm-hmm. a lot of people they're not it's not that they don't have the drive that it's not that they don't have the thing and this is another thing I talk about um is is the support you have around you. Mm. because support is so important. And a lot of people aren't successful, not because they don't have the drive, not because they don't have the work ethic. It's because the people around them are not allowing them to be successful. That's right. Because like saying, you, you want to be people pleasers. You don't want to, the, to get away from your family. You don't want to get away from your friends. And a lot of times and you said it earlier that like people use their, what they, their past, and their their childhood as an excuse. And I just because you you don't have is not an excuse for not getting, right? Just because you didn't have is not an excuse. So when we change the mindset into really thinking of, okay, and, and this happens periodically throughout life, you come into road bumps, you come into crossroads a lot. So once you can do that and you can reevaluate where you are, you can reevaluate what you wanna do, then you can try to move in different directions and to get what you want to accomplish. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. It's fantastic. Well, listen, Josh, we've been talking, I've been having a blast. Time has I been flying fun. like crazy, man. Um, how can people find you and where are you speaking? Where's your next speaking gig? Yeah. So um, people can find me. My, my website is joshcopelandspeaks.com has all my information. Um, my Instagram is learn to cope. That's my Instagram. I also have an Instagram that's uh, Josh Copeland Speaks. So you can find me there. Uh, I have 
couple speaking gigs come. I have one I'm speaking at a high school, my, my alma mater, I'm speaking at um, next Monday. And then I'm going out to Kansas um, the 16th. I'll be speaking at, at a college for that freshman orientation in Kansas. Um, yes, please connect with me. I would love to chat more. I would love to talk. Um, if you guys need you know, a speaker, definitely hit me up. <laughs> I, I'm available. I, I would love to talk some more. Awesome. Awesome. Well, travelers, thank you so much for being here. You know, uh, Josh core values, owning who you are, personal care, putting yourself first and evolving, right? The Copeland yes. coping method, right? How to cope yes. and how to move forward with, with life and, and, and massive success. Josh, I'm going to let you have the last word here. Is there anything that you want to last words to our, to our travelers? Oh, man, uh, thank you for, for allowing me, man. This is this is huge. I love what you do. But yeah, any anytime I, I the last word I always say is is never apologize for being your authentic self. Find your authentic self, never apologize about it, never try to uh be ashamed about it. You are who you are, your goals are who or what your goals are. Um, never be ashamed, always be yourself and celebrate you, celebrate the person you are and enjoy the process. Awesome. Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor getting to know you and hearing your story. And I look forward to having you back on the show uh, sometime in the future. Travelers, it's been awesome. We'll see you next week somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Next week, we've got um, our guests are Stony Stonebreaker and Lennon Lee from Passivo Investments. And remember, you can pick up my uh, Real Estate Investment Secrets ebook for only a dollar. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Take care and have a wonderful weekend. Josh, blessings, and I wish you tons of success. Same to you. God bless. God bless. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.